0: Okay, chavra, great to see you all. Thank you so much for joining. It's a privilege to continue to learn together. bisiyat Shmaya. I apologize about last week. We did a trip to Manchester. That was really very special. Baruch Hashem, very very special. Beginning to kindle a little bit of a, a little bit of a spark to add on to the mighty fire that, of course, is already burning there. But we could all use extra chizik, and uh, we just came back way too late and way too tired to carry on with the Shabbos year, But I very much wanted. This week to, to continue, to, you know, it's a hard time of year. Everybody's busy and the schedules aren't set up properly. The halal, the timing, it's not so good for people in America. It's like 4.15 in the afternoon. We're trying to play with that as well. So, Beis Hashem, it's going to take some time, a couple of weeks. Um, you know, for sure until after Sukkot, um, until things really get settled. We have to continue with the Sichas around Shirem as well. We haven't forgotten about those, but uh, everything La'at La'at. But we're trying. So let's jump in. We have a lot to do tonight. And as always, I very deeply appreciate you taking the time to learn with me. It means the world to me, so thank you. Um, And we are going to share the screen. And we will jump into it. B'Siyat Rishmayat. Okay. Okay. Let us talk about Shabbos. And not just one of the details of Shabbos, which like we said last week, we're going to get into. Be'ezer Hashem, I want to really just first do a makif, like a much broader overview of some of the basic foundational um, fundamentals of Shabbos. And then go into Friday night, Shabbos morning, Shabbos afternoon with the meals and the tfilas and the avodas and minhagin and so on. But I just want to first talk about just Shabbos. And so let's take a look at this incredible teaching from the Degomach and Ephraim, from the Heliger. Degomach and Ephraim, the grandson of the Balsham HaKadosh and the uncle, Rabbi <clears throat> Nachman of Breslov. And the Tzaddik says like this, The Sham Ruben Yisrael is a Shabbos. The Pasik tells us in Gisisa that Am Yisrael shall guard the Shabbos. La is a Shabbos. To do Shabbos, to keep Shabbos, for all generations, it is an eternal bond, like we learned, it's an eternal sign, and we learned in, in two weeks ago, when we had our first year, that Shabbos reveals that unbreakable, essential, eternal bond, that we share with our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And so, this is what the Pasuk tells us. Shabbos is Oishhi Olam. Now, before we even get into the piece from the Dekel, I just want to present the most basic conception of what Shabbos could possibly be. Let's start that way because our whole point of this year is to try to get into the depth of it. Let's just start with what conceivably a person could think about Shabbos. Well, let's think about it just on a most basic level. Six days of the week, Shabbos is the day of rest as opposed to the six days of doing, where we're allowed to go ahead and to do the Lama Tes which we'll learn from the Me'ashiloch the, the, uh, about Be'ez R'Hashem in the next piece. And Shabbos seems to be wedged between two periods of doing. One six-day period, full of the ability to do things, to produce and to accomplish. And then there's Shabbos, a day of rest. And then the week that follows, on a basic conception Especially in light of this, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested on Shabbos, and therefore, like we learned, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the world in six days, rested on Shabbos. What would one rest on a 25-hour period, in between two periods of doing? What would be the, the function of that? What's the utility? On the most basic level, is to gather strength for the next week. And so on a most basic conception, we have six days of, of the week, and that's the icker. Then we have Shabbos, and Shabbos is basically hunkering down, regaining our strength to then go back into the week and to continue with all of our projects, right? That's on a most basic level If we wanted to explain to a person just off the street who is really not ready for anything, you know, deeper than just that on a purely pragmatic, I would even say, um, secular level, because it doesn't have to be a religious thing. It's just it's a good practice, right? You take one day off. Happens to be that the nations of the world, Christianity in particular, but it, it, you know, it, it, uh, it, it became a part of American culture, British culture. Sunday is the day off. Be that as it may, it's part of the collective consciousness. It's a good idea. One day of this thing we call a week, we take off and we gain our strength and we go back into the week. Ultimately, this kind of approach, of course, makes it sound like the week is the icker. And Shabbos is a purely, you know, pragmatic function of being able to rest so that we have strength for the week. And then we rest again. And then we go back into the week with the week being the tachlis, the ultimate purpose. We know, of course, that nothing further can be, can be the truth, right? That, the, that, the, that the, uh, this, is, this is the furthest thing from the truth. Shabbos, we learn, is tachlis. Shabbos is the ultimate goal. Shabbos is the purpose. The week is to bring us to Shabbos. But Shabbos is not a pragmatic function of giving us time to pause and to regain our strength for the week. No. Shabbos is the pinnacle of the week. When we come out of the week, we start to climb up towards Shabbos yet again. Hopefully each week, especially in the light of this year and with Hashem's help, it gets deeper and deeper and our awareness and our appreciation and our experience of Shabbos grows deeper and deeper like we talked about last time. Everything is tully on the mind. Everything is toloi. Everything depends on how deeply we're aware of the meaning of Shabbos. And so hopefully that's the way it should go with Shabbos always being the pinnacle, the top of the mountain. But here the Degema Nephraim gives us, <coughs> excuse me, a very beautiful conception to keep in mind as we march through the week up to Shabbos, what might that look like? How can we conceptualize it? Says the Hilgat Sadek, ish It's brought in the Balaturim. S hashabbos lederoysam. These three words, s hashabbos lederoysam. Right, that they would veshamer bnei yisrael They kept Shabbos. They wrote, will keep Shabbos. Las says hashabbos to do to make Shabbos lederoysam forever. These three words, s hashabbos lederoysam. Rasha tebis oihel. These three words carry the Rashi Tevis, the first three letters of these words, spells Ohel, Ohel, which is, of course, a tent. Now, oh. why would Shabbos and these two other words surrounding Shabbos, Es HaShabbos L'day keeping Shabbos for all generations, carry this word, Ohel? What's the connection between Shabbos and a tent? Says De'eliget Sadig Vinaktim Here He says, first, we need a little bit of an introduction. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Make for me a mikdash, which of course means a mikdash, a base hamikdash. It could also mean, of course, over there the mishkan, v'shachanti besaycham and I shall dwell within it." Well, says the tzaddik, mashma mikdash, This makes it sound like what is the prerequisite? for the Srina to come down into this world, for God-consciousness to become accessible to us, open to us. What's the vessel? It's one thing. Make for me a Mikdash. And then, So he says, it sounds like, that without the Besa Mikdash, which is unfortunately the circumstance that we've found ourselves in for the past 2,000 years, close to 2,000 years, That sounds like, without that, vessel, so then we have no access to this kind of experience. A Baruch really resting on us, in our mind, in our body, in our homes, in our lives. How could this be? But he says, the matter is as follows. That we say that Shabbos is a little bit of a taste of Olam Haba. If this is true, that Shabbos is a little bit of an experience of the Yoyim, like we refer to it, which is of course, what's Olam Haba? Like the Ramchal tells us at the beginning of Mitziel's Yisharim, sitting and basking in the presence of Hashem. Well, if Shabbos is a little bit of a taste of that, So therefore, Chazal are telling us there's a piece of advice, even, even if a person does not have the experience of the Beis Hamikdash. What should he do? He says as a, as a piece of advice: Lishmar Shabbos keep Shabbos, guard Shabbos. Even without the Beis Hamikdash, Shabbos itself is a window into that into that realm where there's nothing else other than a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Hashem Himself. Shabbos is that is that, uh, is that experience. So He says, Therefore, must be that Shabbos ki he kein mikdash. Shabbos is like a palace. Shabbos is like the Beis HaMikdash. gam kemein haba. That the Beis HaMikdash was also a taste of o'lam haba. You walked into the Beis HaMikdash. It was clear there were nisim. You experienced the presence of Hashem. Miracles, open miracles. The godliness of the singing, it was divine. Shabbos is a little bit of that as well. Therefore, this Pasuk is hinting to us. When we speak about Shabbos being kept for generations. So then Rosh HaTavis Oihel. Then the Torah hints to us. ah, That's also a little bit of a tent. That's also a little bit of a remez that he says. Shugamkin Oyhel u'mishkan. Shabbos is itself not just a day that we experience like any other day. We need to see ourselves as entering a structure on Shabbos, a structure with completely different atmosphere. A person walks in from the street and he and he, and he walks into some kind of ex- experiential, you know, museum where there's different lighting and maybe even a different, <clears throat> a different, um, a different atmosphere. Like sometimes a person can walk into, um, like in a planet, like a a thing with plants, I'm forgetting what it's called right now, but a a place that has lots of plants growing, you walk into a certain particular room where they keep things at different temperatures so that they can grow different kinds of exotic plants, all you did was enter a room, but it's a completely different experience, completely different experience, Shabbos is in time, what the Besam Mikdash is, in place. And so this provides us with a very healthy, beautiful, useful image to place on top of the mountain that we described earlier, that we are journeying throughout the week, step by step, up and up and up and up to what? To mamish Abes And we need to feel when Shabbos comes in, when we finally take the phone and put it on the side and you know plug it in and we, we leave it, and we lock it and we turn it off or we or whatever we do with it, but we shut all of our devices and we change our clothing and we get ready to walk to shul and we're walking with our children or we say, you know, good Shabbos and we'll see when we come back. We need to feel that when we walk out of our house to begin to walk to shul, we are literally entering in the palace of the king. We're walking into a, a, not just you know, it's a different kind of day. It's a different mitzis. It's a different reality. Mamish, imagine like we would walk into the Besa Mikdash. Now, that's just one small step for man, right? Like, it's just one small step. But just envisioning your head for a minute, you couldn't compare if you had, if you had a, a, a dictionary and a thesaurus in front of you to look up all the words that you might be able to imagine expressing the distinction between outside the Besa Mikdash and inside the Beisamikdash, Eina Doyme. And this is what we should be feeling when we start to enter into Shabbos. Mamish, it's a different world. Shabbos is an oihel, it's a tent. It should be for us like a physical place. It's more abstract, it's more ethereal. It's harder to define it because you don't feel that way. But everything depends on our consciousness, our conception. So okay. this is very powerful. See, he says, of course it means further generations, but he says the word carries the shoirish, dalid reish which implies a dwelling place. Shabbos is a palace. Shabbos is a shining, shining, beautiful, golden castle on top of this mountain that we climb throughout the week, step after step. And then we enter into it, and it becomes a dira. It becomes an oihel. Like He says, like He says, Allowing Shabbos to come and dwell within us, just as we dwell within it. And allowing us to perceive HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world. Shabbos enables us to have this bond with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shu bris shu ha'amiti. We refer to a bris, <coughs> excuse me, as a channel that's bringing shefa down into the world. Shabbos is that. It's the grand storage house. Matana toiva yeshli Shabbos comes from the place of the treasures. And we walk into Shabbos. It's a bris. It's the bechina of Mashpia. It's the bechina of drawing buckets full of incredible life-giving elixir of life, of living waters. That we're drawing up out of Shabbos. L'klolos ha'oylam to the whole world. V'hu shem esayim acher kach, ois hi la'oylam. So he says an amazing thing. Also Roshetav is o'yhel. This I'm not sure the Baloturim says. I think the Baloturim just says, Es ha'shabbos l'dayroisam. But he says further on in the Pesach, a couple of words later, ois hi la'oylam, gan kin Roshetav is o'yhel. Ha'inu zeh ha'ois hi la'oylam. Because even though we may lose the physical building of the Beis HaMikdash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, We have access to this palace, but it's a palace in time, and it's forever. And no amount of destruction, and no amount of mistakes on our part, can do away with Shabbos. That's not one of the things that we're that, that that we risk by behaving badly as an individual or as a nation. Shabbos is forever. Not just that. Not only can our behavior not not take not cause Shabbos to be taken away, but Shabbos actually can fix all of the behaviors, like we learned last week. Even a person that has been transgressing Abu like the Dar of Enosh, Shabbos called Shomer Shabbos. Chazal say Shabbos envelops us in a place of eternality, of bris oilam. Let's take a look at the Me'a shiloch. It says Dagomach and Ephraim. It should say Me'a here. And the Tzaddik says as follows. I believe this says in Parshish Vayelech, in the first Chelek, I believe. What is it? What is the energy of Shabbos? What is it that we're walking toward? What is it that we experience on Shabbos? What's the message? And what are we supposed to then take into the week, the following week, as well as looking back over our journey? What's the message here? Says the Heliga Me'ashilah. At the end of seven years, Meaning, when Shemitah is completed, Bechaga Sukkis, on the following Sukkis. That's what the Pasik tells us. So, Isi the Gemara says, what's the connection? Shnas mayavidite." Why do we have to tell you at the end of Shemitah, why are we mentioning Shemitah? Just say the eighth year. It has nothing to do with Shemitah anymore. Shemitah is over. Much like what we're experiencing now. We just finished the Shemitah cycle. Says the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Shemitah mayavidite. It's already the eighth year. So what are we making reference here to the previous year which was Shemitah? says so the Gemara, It should say Shehivia. It's a mistake. Any crop that grew a third within Shemitah, even though right now Shemitah is over and it moves into the eighth year, says the Gemara, it's brought this way the bishminas. Even though it's not Shemitah anymore, that grain continues to have kedusha shviyas. You have to make it hefkirt to the public. All the halachas of Shviyas apply to that grain except for what you're allowed to do for it. Because you're still allowed to water it and prune it because it's not Shemitah anymore. But that grain in and of itself has kedusha HaShviyas even though it's not Shemitah and it's not been cut and it's not left over from Shviyas. Shem- from it's still growing. Says the Gemara, we learn from this pasuk and the juxtaposition between Shnas HaShemitah and the following Chag that there is a way in which the Kedusha of Shemitah, of Shviyas carries over into the eighth year. It's a phenomenal thing. Shviyas, Shemitah is over. This grain carries that holiness on past, past uh, Shemitah. Says the Meashiluach Al-pi pasuk, and this is in accordance with the Pasuk, HaShemayim, Shemayim V'Ha'aretz Nasan Adam. We say this in Hallel, Shemayim is for Hashem. It means not the, like the, the physical heaven. The spiritual realm, that's the realm where HaKadosh Baruch's presence is revealed. But then, as we're going to see from the Magad of Mizritch in a minute, HaKadosh Baruch Hu withheld that revelation, and He gave us the earth, V'Ha'aretz Nasan Adam, He gave us the earth. Says the Loach, V'zehu rak kifi hanireh. That this is only the way that things appear. And things need to appear this way. Because we have Bechira. And we need to be under this illusion, and it is an illusion, that we have choice, but we don't experience it as an illusion. We experience it as being very real. And that's why there's place for Schar and Onish, and that's why there's place for Yom Kippur and vidui and, and all the rest of it and everything that we're working on now and wanting to grow because it is in our hand. That's our experience. adam. That's for us. But he says, This is only the way that things appear. In a moment of, of, of incredible futuristic inspiration, an infusion of the way that things would be for him, meaning for his midah. Because Davar is David Malka Meshicha. And David is Malchus. Malchus is one day going to be rectified and seen as Eshes Chayel, which is a teres balah. That really the truth is that all of our actions, Mamish, call mice call myself ata alta. That really HaKadosh Baruch was running the show in even with our Bakhira, and even with our mistakes, and even with our story. Everything's Aqur is Baruch who's unfolding revelation. So Davra Malak, in one moment of him being connected to the ultimate tikkun of himself, meaning of his Midah of Malcha says, call Asher chafet Hashem Asa, not only Bashamayim. But uva that really beyond the surface, de shamayim, And the M. Shiloh actually says these words. If he didn't, we couldn't even dare think of saying them. He says, afilu In the ultimate, ultimate sense of things, we don't live on that level. And growth is in as much as we turn away from that and live within Bechira. We've spoken about this in the past, but that doesn't make it less true ain oid me uvadei kol asher Hashem asa bashmayim and even uva arets that the prosecus says arets not some another that you gave arets to us even that kol asher Hashem asa really it's akorish baru running the show she haye yadayavetoy sechel meisen ben adam ashen nithan abkhira adam even though bkhira was given to man In the ultimate, ultimate picture, when we take a step back and see things with the big picture, we realize that even that Bechira is part and parcel of the will of Hashem. All of it, us having Bechira, the choices we make, ultimately, 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 there's something that's unfolding. And it's a very, very deep awareness, a deep perception. And again, we don't live in that perception. We can't, even if we tried. It's not our natural state. This is the secret of the Tzimtzum. We're locked out of being able to live life, where literally we say, Hashem, you're doing everything. We couldn't live this way. Chazal say, Kola whoever says that Hashem is a Vatran, which means that, anyway, anyway, you're the one who knows what I'm going to do, and I couldn't have chosen something else, so you're there because this is what you wanted. It doesn't work this way. A person who says, I'm going to sin and then I'll do tshuva and then that will show that really, that, you know, I was meant to have sin. Chazal say, it, it doesn't that doesn't work. You can't school this system. So we have to live within our perception of Bechira and it's real. And that's where the avoyda is, that's where the work is. But there were certain Sadiqim, the loach chief among them. There were certain trends within Breslev and in other places as well, the Svas Emes, in certain places, and others are talking this language to whisper to us, it's true. But ultimately, we need to realize also that there's a level in which HaGadosh Baruch Hu runs things. And on the Aretz. And that Arbachir is rak, it's really, it's really, it's an illusion. Anu aymer. So here the Mayashillah says, getting back to Shabbos, this is why we say Biyoim Rishon as the Sheer Shal Yom of Sunday, we say Mizmar La Ha'aretz Umalaya. Another pasuk from Tehillim. The David sings the song of La Sib lavai Umalaya. That really everything is like a Qurishbarakh. Why? Because the Indian Shabbos, who, what's the whole message of Shabbos? That a person comes to know a person realizes in withholding and abstaining from all the different categories of things that are processes that we ordinarily use to do things, to make things, to make things, to make things happen. To control things, to set things up in our life for our own ease, our own ambitions, our own own success. In setting aside all of those things, the message of Shabbos is the realization that really, really, it's all a game. Really, it's just pretend. And I'm sitting here, you know, with, with a plastic steering wheel that's not connected to anything. While meanwhile, there's a driver, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the first floor of the bus over here in London. They have, the, you know, double-decker buses. So maybe they have like a thing installed for kids that the kid is sitting there and he thinks he's driving the bus. And the truth is there's a driver underneath with a wheel that actually is connected with a you know, steering wheel. that's connected to the wheels and the motor and the engine and the kid is doing nothing. That's the Gili of Shabbos. And so for Shabbos, it's like the kid letting go from the steering wheel and lo and behold, the bus still goes. And the realization that everything is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's all an illusion. It's all an illusion. In So it's letting go of the Lama Tess Malacha. It's not because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is like some people think he's, he's choking us with these restrictions and you can't do it. It's freeing us from the insanity and the delusion That we're the ones that make things happen. It's saying, you can let go of the wheel. I got this. That's what Shabbos is. Amazing thing. See, he says, that's the meaning of Shabbos. Whatever a person thinks he's going to use, to build, to construct, to continue, Shabbos gives you pause, for reflection that enables the awareness to flourish, that it's not me. The Baruch is running the show. In Cain, therefore, when we start to go into the days of the week, and once again we begin to take up the tools that were forbidden one day ago, because we have to live in a world where we, <coughs> where we perceive ourselves as doing something, because that's part of the game here. And it's not a game. It's a very, it's a very weighty game. It's a very, it's a, it's a game with a lot of gravity. It's not a game for fun. It's important. We have to live in that consciousness. We're meant to work. Echad Baruch Hu set things up in this way. But there's a, there's a fear, that you adam chas v'shalom with all of that consciousness of. It's, it's, um, it, it's up to me to work on myself, right? And I can work on myself. And I have Bechira. Even when I feel that I don't have Bechira, meaning to say that I'm forced, I'm compelled to behave in certain ways. No, I can do it. These are the healthy perspectives that come along with Bechira. I can, I can work on myself. I can fix my midas. I can grow. I can add more learning. I could, I could lengthen my davening and so on and so forth. But that carries a risk as well. What's the risk? That a person will say, ah, okay, so I have Bechira. So then I'm the one that's making things happen in my life. Al came, therefore, Tiknu Chazal. Chazal said, good, Sunday morning, right after Shabbos, you're going to say a Pasuk that, that, that decimates that delusional perception. What's the Pasuk? Everything is a Kurdish Baruch Huz. It's an extension of Shabbos. Sunday morning, when the chaver feel like we're back into the daily grind, especially in Aritz Yisrael, where there's no such thing as a Sunday. But even for, for, if you live in America, you live anywhere else in the world where Sunday is a quote-unquote day off, it's not a day off, right? It, it's, not, it's, it's not Shabbos. It's, it's qualitatively different in every way. So there's a risk. Chazal gave us the opportunity to stop for a minute at the end of our davening, to close our eyes, and reconnect with the consciousness of Shabbos. It's a quick, like, um, like, a, like a cheat sheet, almost. It's like you, you, you studied for the test, but then a minute, a minute before you take the test, you just quickly look over the notes one last time. That, that's what's going on. La No, it's not me. And even though I'm allowed to do the Lama Test, and I'm going to be working on things, and I have my plans and ideas, I need to remember, I'm not the driver. I'm not. Really, La Hashem Umalaya, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is running the show here. Says the Me'ashilach, in in Gam Kim So we find the same thing by Shemitah. Shemitah is for the years. What Shabbos is in the week, Shabbos being the year. I'm sorry, the day that we plug into this consciousness. Shemitah being the year that the farmers at least plug into this awareness on a much broader level vis-a-vis the six years earlier. And so the seventh year is in the span of, an, of a seven-year cycle, what Shabbos is to the seven-day week. Says the Me'ashilach, guess what's going to happen? We're going to start the eighth year. Shemitah will be a thing of the past. And I saw videos already people are posting. The farmer is getting back into the tractors, plowing the fields. Mamish heroes, an unbelievable thing. It's it's wild to think about a whole year, all their hard work, their effort, their energy to just let it go. Unbelievable, Mamish is such a privilege to live in a world with people like that. Unbelievable, but they get back in their tractors, and that creates the possibility of them falling back into a different kind of consciousness. So therefore, he says, Don't forget, even while you're working, don't forget, there's a driver downstairs, or in this case, upstairs, right? And we're just, you know, we're playing with the with the, with a the, with the kid's toy. And therefore, when the eighth year comes, and the Torah says, okay, back to work, now you're, you're the one that's running the field and you're the one that's making things happen. For fear of us forgetting. And saying, It's me, I'm the one doing it. The Torah tells us, okay, we're still going to allow. For the kedusha of shvius to carry over even into the eighth year, under certain circumstances, we cannot have a situation where Shabbos is over. Boom into the week—it's too risky. It's too risky. We need to be able to carry Shabbos with us in the form of Shema or leaya, which we say uh, Sunday morning, and in the form of this category of grain that continues to carry the kedusha shvius. Into the eighth year. So that we don't forget. Okay, therefore again, tsivalius noyegbabish minas gam cane miniks bitua shalaihivia shl shivia shlish, again a mistake, shivia shlush that did grow a third within Shmita Shatiska Kadesh Tiskar in order to keep this consciousness. Gila Shem Ha'arets Umulaya. This is the awareness that we attain when we walk into the palace in time called Shabbos on the top of this mountain called the seven day week. So we're journeying, we're marching, we're walking, and we, we're trudging in many cases through the, through, the, through the mud and the filth and the rain and the darkness and the cold and the fog. Can you tell I've moved to London recently, right? And, and all of this, for what purpose? Because we know that we're getting to a place where for a couple of shining moments, we can drop the delusion and we can plug into what the reality is the reality beyond the curtain, the reality in time that's a little bit of a window from the realm of the eternal into our finite experience of seconds and minutes and, and hours and days. And It's, Mom, is just, we can stop. We can stop. That's the atmosphere that we should experience when we think in our mind and envision us stepping over the threshold of the week into a palace of Shabbos. What is that palace? It's the palace of the realization that even with my Bechira and even with everything that I've done during the week and all the mistakes that I've made and all this that I'm not plugged into a higher level consciousness, the truth is, Mamash <coughs> Excuse me. This is the teaching from the Mashilah. Let's close out with a teaching from the Magad of Mizritch primary Talmud of the Baal Kadish. in is Sefer Artira, Torah collection of teachings. Number 390, Shinsadik. So he says an amazing thing. He says an amazing thing. He says like this. What's a deeper, deeper understanding? He says, "A baruch who kaidim shabara sa'ayla may kibiyachol very deep. That a kaddish baruch who wanted that his malchus should be perceived, because everybody knows, can't have a king without a nation. And there was an aspect of a kaddish baruch who so to speak, that was lacking all the while that there wasn't a collective consciousness splintered into individuals. Who would receive Hakadosh Baruch Hu's kingship upon them? Hakadosh Baruch is king, but that aspect was not revealed until there was a nation. And here he gives another nusuch of this. Because he says, "This is a little bit deeper. Everything's relative, and so if you have infinity, infinity is still, in and of itself, nothing, unless it's seen in relativity to." finitude to so something that's finite then we can talk about infinity and even then we can't talk about infinity because people experiencing people right or any any conscious being in a finite world cannot grasp the concept of infinity but we know what it's not because we've experienced what finite means and so ultimately the grandness of the higher level can only be revealed vis-a-vis a lower level that means that even though that higher level might be all powerful perfect 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 in a certain sense, it's not complete until there is something else that it's able to be held against because that brings out the true perfection. Like we say, you know, the Rambam, it's called negative theology. There's nothing we could say positively about Hashem. We could just talk about what He's not because we live in a world of limit and we live in a world of lack. And so looking at that, we could say, okay, HaGadosh Baruch Hu has no limit. HaGadosh Baruch Hu has no lack. But it's because we're seeing it through the prism of a splintered, uh, nature of reality, and perception of reality. He says, HaKadosh Baruch infant power, ability, awesomeness, grandeur, all of this that we talk about, the world can't grasp it. therefore, asa Simsum achat Simsum, made constriction after constriction, concealment after concealment, so that ultimately we could finally come to a point where we could handle this revelation, and not only that, because it's the only way that we could handle the revelation, we paradoxically consider this revelation to be a concealment of Hashem, and that's only because it's so distant, so to speak, after so many levushim that we say, "Wow, this doesn't even look like a godly place at all." But that—that's the only reason. That's the only reason that it doesn't look godly, is because this is the extent to which godliness had to go ahead and be constricted in order for you to be able to live and not be completely obliterated. So the world is not concealing Hashem, it is allowing for HaKadosh Baruch Baruchu to be concealed within it and therefore communicated to us in a way that we can handle it. That's the truth of what this world is. This world is not. Concealing Hashem. This world is the greatest revelation of Hashem. This world is the point to which godliness had to be constricted in order for us to be able to live as independent beings and perceive godliness. But because of that, it's very hidden. And we have to look for it and look for it and look for it. And so this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did. He underwent this incredible process, constriction after constriction, concealment after concealment, and thereby, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is called Adain. Adain means a master, a king. This name Admi, Aleph, Dalit, Nun, Yud, is actually, compa- is actually connected with the Sphera of Malchus, right? That place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kingship is revealed is connected to the concept of Aleph, Dalid Nun, Yud, this name, Adon, that we actually could pronounce with our mouths. Why? Because in order, again, in order for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have his kingship be revealed, he needed to constrict himself to such a point where human beings would be able to, to conceive of him. Mimela, that word we could say, because that's the place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kingship is revealed. Because we have a conception of it, a perception of it, without it just completely annihilating us. And therefore, we're permitted to pronounce this name which hints to us that this is the name that we have a connection to. Why do we have a connection to it? Because this is the extent to which HaKadosh Baruch went to reveal his godliness to the point where we could accept him as king over us. That's why the name Aleph Tal Nun Yud is pronounceable. We're able to say it because that tells us that we have a connection with it. And thereby, it's connected to Malchus. Because it is the realm where finally HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kingship could be revealed. Okay, that's our connection to the name Aleph, Dalet Nun which he calls Adain over here. It's only because HaKadosh Baruch Hu constricted himself, constricted himself, constricted himself, so that we can perceive ourselves as being, as making choices, and then from that place, choose to see the world as a revelation of godliness. That's our current circumstance. That's called being a human being. That's called being a Yid. Kemashol, okay, and he gives a famous mashol that's brought from the Maggid, but all of his to bring it as well. Ha'av, like a father, should seem the same as bishvil benay. that he sort of takes his understanding and what he really wants to say and express and Mamish constricts it in order so that his 10-year-old could be able to understand something, even though in his mind it's, it's infinitely deeper. But he finds a way to couch it in terminology that's going to be relevant to a young, a young kid. And more than that, وَأَيْسِمْ مَيْسِنْ Sometimes the father will act silly, even though it's below his dignity. He doesn't do this in the office, but when he's home and his two kids are sitting on the floor, even though he's a very dignified, sophisticated person, he can make a silly face or do a little bit of a silly dance for his kids to make them laugh because that's how they need to perceive him. That's how they need to feel that he he loves them, that he's connected to them, that he's willing to go to such a length to even act in a way that's less than dignified in order to let them know that he has sheiches with them. Because <coughs> excuse me, because the son is not able to really understand the great uh, wisdom and intellect of the father. And it's the same thing with the G-d Baruch Hu. G-d Baruch Hu constricts himself. In order to give the, us, us this ability to exist and to choose a life of dvekas with him. And in so doing, from that perspective, to be able to experience a life of glory, of greatness, of beauty, of productivity, of accomplishment. The opposite of namadikisufa, just getting something without having earned it. We can live in a place where we are, we exist. And that's an amazing, amazing thing. An amazing thing, an amazing gift that Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us. therefore, rak adni. Therefore, we are only allowed, and we hinted to this before, to use this name, Aleph, Dal, Yud, and to say it. But we cannot say Yudke, Vavke, which we'll get to in a minute. or we're only able to perceive a very limited nature of being where Hashem is hidden, and then he hid himself. And then this is our world, and we have like we spoke about, we're the ones doing things, even in a positive sense, not in an arrogant sense. This is our perception. But it's only a Hasaga in Aleph, Dal, Nun Yud, which is the level of Tzimtzum so constricted so that Hashem could reveal His kingship over us, which is us living in a in a, in a world that seems to completely conceal HaKadosh Baruch for the purpose of allowing Him to be revealed in a way that we could relate to Him. Right? That's the paradox here. The concealment is the revelation, but the revelation is also the concealment, and that's the challenge. And l'chein, ain't on a we're only able to grasp very, very constricted level of a Baruch Hu's revelation. And this is because he wanted to reveal his kingship, and so he went through this whole process, but it's a very limited experience. Which is the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In a realm beyond. And in a realm, I would also say within, because there's no such thing as a realm beyond. It's a realm within. All of spirituality, with all of its levels, it, it's folded into each other. It's layers of an onion. And so beyond the layer of this physical world, which we experience from the core of it, that's the most constricted, well, if we look beyond it, there is a level of our reality, underlying our lived experience, where in truth, in truth, there's no such thing as, as Bakhira in that place, in that place. Before Akadesh Baruch, who limited himself to give us the perception of Bekhira, Yud ke vav ke hoya hoive yi, Akadesh Baruch, in the future, Akadesh Baruch, who knows what's going to be, Magimirashis Akhris, Akadesh Baruch, who's soifu mabit, mi soif kaladiris, vat soifu, hoya hoive viyi. There's no time. There's no causal relationship between things. All there is, is Yud Ke vavke. All there is, is Hoive, which means there is. With a Yud in the beginning, Yud hints to perpetuity. Something that lasts for a very long time. Yivchar, it's the place, referring to the of Miktash, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu will always choose. So it's the paradox of Hoive which is present, and then a Yud, which tells us it's the eternally present. The eternally present. Kiddush Baruch Hu is just in everything, in every moment. Yud kevavke. We can't say it with our mouth. We cannot perceive it. But it's there. But we can't say it. Because that hints to a level beyond the realm that a Kiddush Baruch Hu constricted himself into. For the purpose of allowing asah hasaga, that's only adayim, that's admi, that's the sphere of malchus. Yud kevavkei, that's that's called kut Shabrihu, That's transcendent. That's the higher le- realms or the realms within. That's a deeper perception. We we can't live on that level, we can't function on that level. That would be the obliteration of our perception of reality. And Echad Shabbos who locked that in in such a way that if we tried, like we said before, it, it wouldn't work. Even if we tried to live on the level, okay, Hashem is doing everything. That's not our experience. We experience Bakhira. And that's why like the, Ramcha, the, the Rambam says, It's a real thing. Because even though, like we said, in the deepest level, Yiddia, Kedush Baruch Hu knows everything, we experience Bakhira. Hashem did a pretty darn good job. Even if you could learn this stuff 24 hours a day, it, it, it doesn't play out in our lived experience this way. Because we live in the level of, of Malchus. We live under the level of the shame Aleph, Dalet Nun Yud. But there is a shame Yud, we have no connection to it. We can't say it with our mouth. We don't even know how to pronounce it. And therefore, the only way that the worlds, meaning us within the physical world, can perceive that level is by removing ourselves from Gashmias as much as much as possible, meaning using our B'chira correctly from this moment on. That clarifies things. That allows us to tap into a realm that's even even beyond. While we're still in this world, like the Kain Gadol Yom like the Kain Gadol Yom Kippur, she'az who Shabbos Yom Kippur that we're getting to, Beis are preparing for, marching toward. Is the is the Shabbos of Shabbos, Shabbos Shabbosin. Whatever Shabbos is, Yom Kippur is, to the okay. nth degree. Ki Kedusha Shabbos, Mashbiyah B'Chol Oylo Mois V'Sheishes Yemei Hamaisa Shabbos, which we've been learning about, and we saw from the Me'ashilah, is the element of realizing that really, even an Alef Dalel Nun Yud, even here. That's the Asag of Shabbos. That's the Asag of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur gives us a break. It allows us to remove ourselves. Just like Shabbos, we remove ourselves from the Lama Tez Malachas. Yom Kippur, it's even more than that. We don't even need a drink. It's totally ruchni. Totally, totally ruchni. And we enter into a reality which allows us to glimpse for a moment the truth of of Shemitah that carries into the eighth year like we learned. That's the level of Yom Kippur Shabbat Shabbat. We're able to look beyond the facade of our choice. And when the Qayin when the Gadol says the Shema Furish. The Goydash HaKadoshim, that's what brings about this deepest level of forgiveness where the string that's red itself turns white. There's a revelation of the truth that everything, everything, everything is part and parcel of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unfolding master plan. Everything. This is Yom Kippur. This is Tshuva. In its, in its highest and most exalted perception. And we need to work toward this. We need to first take responsibility. And then we climb the level as Yom Kippur gets longer and, and forward. You know, And we go through the tefillah, the tefillah, the tefillah. At the pinnacle of the zenith, ultimately, there's no vidwe in the ilah. Hashem, at the very, very end, it's, it's, the, it's the deepest revelation of this understanding, this reality after 24 hours, not eating, not drinking. It's just the Yur Gimomidah It's just the Baruch Hu. Master of Heaven and Earth, we want to serve you properly. We've been trying, we've been trying, we've been trying, we're struggling, we're stumbling, we're trying, we're getting back up, we're moving, we're working on ourselves. It's, it's hard. It's very, very difficult. It's very difficult. But Yom Kippur, we tap into that realm of perfect clarity that the truth is and the ultimate, ultimate scheme of things, HaKadosh it's all folded into your Ratzon. Hashem Hu Hu that even that which we perceive as elokim, which is also referenced to, to, to malchus, the pasuk says elokim which is connected to aleph yud, is Hashem Hu elokim. It's all Hashem. It's all yud kevavke. That's the tikkun. It's the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate tikkun. This is the ultimate limud schus on ourselves. And then in that moment, realizing I'm mamash so then you move into sukkis which gives us back our hands, and we're building a sukkah. And when it's in the physical world, and we go out into the world, mamash, and we build something, look what we build. But it's meaning to say we reclaim our experience of Bechira, which is very real. But now we're ready to use it only latof. Now we're committed. Now we're committed. Because we plugged back into the realization that really, really, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running things. And G-d Baruch Hu wants a relationship with us. And G-d Baruch Hu, in every moment that led up to this moment of realization, it was all part of, it was all part of a, a l'chatechila process. To allow me in this moment to stand up, to change. And in so doing, to carry my whole past with me into a brighter future. So he says, So he says, we're able to tap into a little taste, little taste of what that is beyond. In the levels that haven't reached the constriction necessary to allow us to live life as a physical human being with our perception of independence, we can peel beyond, peer beyond the, the curtain. And we can taste a little bit of this. Therefore, on Yom Kippur, his as Hashem etzem isbarach. The Kohen Gadol is actually able then to pronounce the name. There's a window opened from the realm of the eternal into this temporal experience of a physical realm, and it's a moment of perfect, almost ineffable. It's impossible to put into words what we experience, and all of us have experienced it, and I bless us with it. I can't wait for it. it takes work; you have to earn it. But those moments, those last moments of Yom Kippur. It's a close hanefesh. It's mamish. You're ready. You're ready to let go. Mason nashay like Chazal say, you should daven like you're ready to go. Your mamish, you're, you're not in this world anymore. I bless you to find a minion where you can mamish, let loose. Mamish roaring. There's no room. There's no people. There's nothing. That's where we get to. So he says that HaKadosh Baruch wanted to be a negid. In order to enable this reality of, 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 a, of, of a world where HaKadosh Baruch malchus could be accepted by conscious individuals who are separate from him or appear to be separate from him in order for that reality to come to pass. HaKadosh Baruch who hides the shame havaya, the shame ha etzim. Shilhutsrich same shame Ha'etzem is where he hides away that perception of yud ke vav Al-Keska, It hides. It hides. Baruch Hu hid that reality. But that means to say, if this is Yom Kippur, then of course it's once a year and experientially it's very different from Shabbos. Shabbos itself, even though we're not doing malach and we're not working and we're not on our phones, you know, and so on. It was still, we're eating and drinking. We're we're, phys, we're in the physical world. So Yom Kippur is like the, the 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 pinnacle of this kind of thing, this kind of perception, this kind of awareness, this kind of experience. But every week Shabbos, we taste this as well. This is the Hasag of Shabbos. And I want to see something deep. Just again for our, uh, you know, not like yeah, it, it, to meditate on it, or, or just to have it as a visual image. I think could be very useful. As we go into shabbos there's our Shabbos already air of shabbos tomorrow and then walking into the palace in time the way that i like to think of it is steps up to this palace that's like we described at length it's mamish walking into a different mitzius completely and you walk into the palace and then look out the window at the steps and you realize that all of a sudden the palace has expanded to such a degree that the steps are in the palace. You didn't walk up steps externally to get into the palace. Everything's the palace. There's nothing but palace. The steps fade away into this experience of an incredible, incredible cloud of spiritual, um, of, of, of spiritual light and of spiritual energy and of spiritual uh, uh, um, potency. That's how Shabbos should be perceived. That's the teaching of Shabbos. That's what Shabbos demands, that not only that we carry into the following week, but that we look back on the week that passed and we realize, haaretz we lay down our tools, we open our hearts and we realize, Mamish, sure, the bus is driving and we may even have our hands on a steering wheel, but that steering wheel is not ultimately connected. And of course, we don't experience this because it, just like it's very real for the little kid, he thinks he's driving the bus, even though his mama's not driving the bus. I hope I'm getting this visual over properly. They have double-decker buses, so in some of the buses they have installed. on the second thing, for kids to sit because you, you're sitting mama's where the driver is sitting. He's underneath, and so the kids are sitting, and it looks like they're driving the bus. but The driver's driving the bus, right? So when we translate that into our nimshal here, Just like the kid is convinced, we're mamish convinced. And we have proofs and we can show, listen, we turned the wheel this way and the bus went that way. I mean, it's unbelievable. But it's not true. It's mamish not true. HaKadosh Baruch is running things. HaKadosh Baruch Hu ran things. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running things and will continue to run things. Shabbos is a taste of this. And especially the Shabbos before Yom Kippur carries the energy of Yom Kippur as we march into Yom Kippur. This is the Sod of Tshuva. I bless us to stand on that mountaintop and to look back over our year, and in a moment of great clarity and great openness and really great emotion and, and authentic feeling, not because we're trying to school a system, and and but because Mamish we mean it. We say Rabban Shalom. In this moment of a revelation of Enoid Mavadoi, I realize that everything is you. And if everything is you, and even my Bechira is yours, then from this moment on, I'm resolving to use my illusory Bechira to mamish, create for you a Dira in my life. That Sukkis and beyond, all the way to Hanukkah, in the regular just drudge of, of drudgery of the, of the weeks and months that we're, that we're walking into, really we're committing ourselves the ruts on toe to start the year off strong to build an intimate intimate relationship with hashem to really live life on this level even during the week to make the week shabbos stick just like shemitah we carry into the eighth year and we carry shabbos into sunday morning to live a shabbos stick of life and to gift this consciousness to others not even by saying it or preaching it but by mamish living it it will overflow and in so doing we bring the world closer to the ultimate Olam haba. The Shabbos is only a taste of, but each of our experience of Shabbos, step by step, we make the world a shabbos place. That's our goal. Hakadosh Baruch should bless us with it. I bless you with it. And mamish, I hope that this will give us more of an energy as we walk into Shabbos. Eizaschud, eizaschud. What a privilege to have a day like this. Unbelievable. Let's mamish feel it. Let's connect with it. Let's bring it into the week. I wish each and every one of you a gemar chasima a gitke keben shiyar. It should be a year full of every kind of bracha, hatzalacha. It should be a year of chayrus. mamish chayrus of every kind. Total freedom. Total, total freedom from whatever you need to be freed from. Freedom. Pe'ezer Hashem. And uh, we'll continue. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, next week's going to be hard. Stay tuned. We'll see whether whether we're going to continue next week or after Sukkot's. But Bezer Hashem, um, it's a good Aschala. Thank you for joining and wishing you a beautiful Shabbos up ahead. Thank you guys so much. Be in touch. All the best. Thank you, Chema.